Ten years ago, up in the Oakland area, the Duff family and the Porter family were meeting with a number of families, hoping that a uh, Reformed church would start in that area. And one of the uh, young couples that we were meeting with, uh, they've since moved to the East Coast. But at that time, they had a little girl and a little boy. And uh, they were teaching their children the Ten Commandments. And the children were memorizing the Ten Commandments. And uh, their little girl, she was probably about three, maybe a little less than that. And uh, she was very happy to come up to her parents one day. And I think I can kind of picture her, you know, standing like she's going to give a long recitation. She's just going to say the first commandment. And uh, she stood and put her hands like this and probably yelled it out, if I remember. You shall have no other gods before me. <laughs> and, and then her parents kind of blinked and, and thought, well, the words were right. <laughs> but the emphasis wasn't quite right. And uh, so they had to instruct her who gave the commandment and what he meant by that. And, uh, you know, her emphasis was on the me. Uh, I, I don't know if, you know, she really didn't understand that at that point. But it's still a problem for all of us. The emphasis, uh, the emphasis is still on the me. Because of our sinful nature, every part of, our, every part of us is depraved by sin. And this makes us think and act uh, like uh, Emmy, the little girl, spoke. Uh, in that we don't want anything or anyone uh, before us. So the emphasis is wrong. Our natural emphasis is on me. And we're still influenced by the temptation of the enemy in Genesis 3 when he said to Eve, you will be like God. Still tempting us. In uh, his book, Idols for Destruction, Herbert Schlossberg uh, said this. He he said the fruit was clearly ancillary. He was saying, uh, you know, the fruit wasn't the focus that the enemy was working on here. Uh, He went on and said, what was to be fed was her pride. And what would grow was her appetite for self-worship. That's what he wanted to develop. And that's still how we're tempted. In our pride, we want to be first. And if you look in your bulletin, the question that we're uh, looking at today from the Westminster Catechism is what are we specifically taught by these words before me in the first commandment? And the answer is these words before me in the first commandment teach us that God, who sees all things, takes notice of and is much displeased with the sin of having any other God. You shall have no other gods before me is really the opposite of prideful self-worship. And these words before me, they mean, basically they mean uh, before my face or uh, in my sight. So you could say you shall have no other gods before my face. You shall have no other gods in my sight. And God who sees all and is very displeased if we put anything uh, before him uh, is the one who is saying this. Everyone and everything should come after him in our heart, in our thoughts, in our daily lives, in our allegiance. He sees all things. And he takes notice when we're not putting him first. Hebrews 4.13 says, There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In Numbers 32, it says, Be sure your sin will find you out. And Jeremiah 23 says, Can anyone hide himself in secret places? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? So this is the God who fills heaven and earth. We cannot hide from him. And I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel knowing that the Lord can see all you do? He knows what you're thinking. Uh, Your secrets are not secret to him. How does that make you feel? I think there's at least two possibilities. First one would be you can rejoice 
because he knows you completely and he still loves you with an everlasting love. He still lavishes his grace on you. He forgives you. And knowing he sees all and is aware of all we think and do, and he still shows us mercy, should cause us to fall on our face and to praise him for his kindness and his mercy and his forgiveness, his redeeming love. Secondly, I think it probably should cause us to tremble, knowing that he knows all things and he sees all things. It should cause us to tremble and to have a godly fear of displeasing him. We can't hide what we think or do from him, even if we think we can from each other. And I think a lot of our, the training uh, of our children has to do with helping them understand that they can't hide their sin. It will be found out. And uh, they, they must confess it and ask God to help them to hate what they naturally want to enjoy. So our only hope from the destructiveness of idolatry is the grace of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we're reminded in this sacrament that our Lord sacrificed himself for us. He bought us. He redeemed us. Uh, We are his. He made us his own. And we should trust in no one. We should trust in nothing but Jesus Christ as our Lord and our God. So we're commanded to have no other gods before him. That's the right emphasis. Let's pray. Lord God, the God who sees all and knows all, we worship you as the only true God, the triune God, Forgive us for putting things or people or ourselves before you. Help us to be more thankful for your mercy to us in Jesus Christ and to fear displeasing you. Lord, we come to this table joyfully because you've accepted the perfect sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ to free us from lives bound to some unworthy God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. We love you. We praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.